Hello everyone. Welcome to a personalized episode of Enlighten Me. Today we dive into OpenAI's relationship with journalism, including their dispute with the New York Times. We also explore innovative AI-powered devices for safety and tracking, along with the fundamentals of gradient descent in machine learning. Let's get started! According to the OpenAI blog, OpenAI highlights its perspective on its relationship with journalism, specifically addressing the lawsuit filed by the New York Times. OpenAI emphasizes its commitment to supporting the news ecosystem and fostering partnerships with news organizations. The company has engaged with numerous news entities, including the Associated Press and Axel Springer, to enhance journalistic practices through AI, such as assisting in analyzing large datasets and translating stories. OpenAI argues that training AI models using publicly available internet content is fair use, backed by academic and legal consensus. Despite this, OpenAI offers an opt-out for publishers, which the New York Times has utilized. This approach demonstrates OpenAI's priority in being responsible citizens over strictly adhering to legal rights. Addressing the issue of regurgitation in AI models, OpenAI acknowledges it as a rare but recognized bug. The company is working to minimize this issue, which occurs more frequently when content is duplicated across multiple sources. OpenAI insists that responsible use of its models is crucial, and misuse, as suggested by the New York Times, is neither typical nor permitted. Finally, OpenAI disputes the New York Times claims, asserting that their lawsuit is baseless and their portrayal of events is incomplete. OpenAI had been in discussions with the New York Times for a potential partnership, which makes the lawsuit unexpected. Jesse Liu, CEO of Rabbit, introduces the R1, a $199 AI device designed not to replace smartphones, but to offer an ambitious alternative. The R1 features a 2.88-inch touchscreen, camera, scroll wheel, and button for navigation and interaction with its AI assistant. With a 2.3 GHz MediaTek processor, 4 GB of RAM, and 128 GB of storage, the R1 is crafted in collaboration with Teenage Engineering. Its battery is touted to last all day. The R1 runs on Rabbit OS, utilizing a large action model for controlling various services through a unified interface, similar to Alexa or Google Assistant. Users can teach the R1 tasks, such as photo editing in Photoshop, and the device learns to perform these autonomously. Rabbit OS operates through category-based cards for different services and a web portal, Rabbit Hole, for service integration. Rabbit's strategy avoids the need for developer API support by training its AI to use existing apps. The R1 is open for pre-order, with shipments expected to begin in March. Rabbit aims to rival Humane's AI pin in the market. Generative AI takes center stage at CES with Amazon showcasing new Alexa experiences. Amazon's collaboration with Character AI allows Alexa users to engage in real-time conversations with various personas, including fictional and historical characters or celebrities. Users can also participate in role-play games. Splash offers an Alexa skill to create custom songs across different genres, with the option to download by voice command. Volley's 20 Questions game has been updated with generative AI, enhancing user interaction with smarter questioning and hints. 
Amazon's Alexa has also been updated to display more human-like emotions and opinions. Additionally, Fire TV is set to arrive on Panasonic Smart TVs in 2024, and Mattercasting is coming to Fire TV and Echo Show 15. Amazon's Zooks, a next-gen robotaxi, was also featured among the announcements. Venturing into recent breakthroughs in AI news, NVIDIA is set to mass-produce its H20 artificial intelligence chip for China in Q2 2024, adhering to US export regulations. The H20 is the most advanced of three chips tailored for the Chinese market following export restrictions imposed in October. Its release was postponed from November due to server integration challenges. Production will initially satisfy key customers. Despite confidentiality, sources indicate Chinese firms are exploring local options, like Baidu's move to Huawei's AI chips, wary of further US clampdowns. NVIDIA, which launched a modified gaming chip recently, aims to maintain its Chinese market presence despite the ban on its A800 and H800 AI chips. The new H20, L20 and L2 chips offer cutting-edge AI capabilities, but with reduced computing power to meet export rules. As we move on from OpenAI's legal dispute and the latest innovations in AI devices, let's now explore the realm of safety-enhancing technology for children, seniors and pets, where Singapore-based startup TAC1 introduces the TAC GPS Plus, an Indian startup ultra-human ventures into smart home technology with the ultra-human home. TAC1, a Singapore-based startup, is enhancing the safety of children, seniors and pets with its new AI-powered TAC GPS Plus, revealed at CES 2024. Building on the success of their 2021 GPS tracker, TAC1's latest device boasts a 30-day battery life and competitive subscription fees starting at $2.95 monthly. This $79 tracker combines GPS, Wi-Fi, IoT mobile networks, and AI with smart sensors for power efficiency. A standout feature is the patent-pending Indoor Elevation Finder, crucial for locating individuals or valuables in multi-story buildings by providing vertical distance alongside geographical coordinates. The device's versatility makes it ideal for a broad audience, from parents to caregivers and pet owners, particularly as location technology demand grows, driven by concerns like Alzheimer's patient care and asset protection. TAC1's new app, Our Sphere, complements the device by allowing location sharing among users and offering enterprise solutions for managing multiple devices. The startup, which also created the TAC EVO Flood Finder for flood monitoring, has plans to expand service coverage from 30 to over 120 countries, targeting markets like the US and Southeast Asia, while keeping subscriptions low. Founders Justin Zhang, Eric Yeo and Shane Chiang have secured $300,000 in seed funding since TAC1's inception in 2020. The TAC GPS Plus is available on the company's website and soon on major e-commerce platforms with various subscription options, including a $4.95 month-to-month plan. Ultrahuman an Indian startup known for its wearable technology is venturing into smart home territory with its new product, the Ultra Human Home. 
Priced at $349 and set to start shipping in July, this sleek device looks akin to a Wi-Fi router, but serves a very different purpose. It houses sensors to monitor the indoor environment, measuring natural and artificial light, air quality, noise, humidity, and smoke. This data is then sent to the UltraHuman app, providing users with space scores and actionable insights on their home's health. This innovation aligns with the company's mission to enhance wellness through data-driven personal lifestyle advice. While it can be used as a standalone device, it complements UltraHuman's smart ring by incorporating indoor environment data to refine the lifestyle suggestions. Additionally, the device is poised to integrate with home automation systems in the future, enabling personalized adjustments to settings like air conditioning and lighting based on individual wellness needs. UltraHuman sets itself apart from competitors like Oura and Whoop by offering this environmental monitoring capability without requiring a subscription fee, just a one-time purchase. The company's no-subscription model has also driven sales through gifting and offline retail partnerships. With over 10,000 units of the UltraHuman Ring Air sold last month, the company is experiencing significant momentum, which it hopes to bolster with the addition of the UltraHuman Home to its product lineup. Privacy is considered with data processing confined to the device and options to disable the mic and radio frequencies manually. Transitioning to Cherish Health, who has teamed up with Alarm.com to introduce Serenity, a groundbreaking fall detection system unveiled at CES in Las Vegas. Unlike traditional devices, Serenity eliminates the need for wearables and operates simply by plugging it in, using radar technology and AI to monitor up to two individuals within a 40-foot range, even through walls, while maintaining privacy. Serenity's signature innovation lies in its construction of a 13-point skeleton model in near-real-time, allowing it to differentiate between a person intentionally lying down and falling, capturing slow falls that typical accelerometers miss. This non-invasive system doesn't require cameras or constant personal tracking, affording users a sense of normalcy. Beyond fall detection, Serenity can remotely monitor vital signs such as heart rate and respiration, with potential applications extending to public safety and in-vehicle health monitoring. Cherish has focused on localizing its manufacturing and distribution, with operations in New Hampshire and Santa Clara, and is in talks for an order of half a million units. Priced at $300 with a $39 monthly subscription, it competes with smart speakers that offer similar emergency functions. The device also serves as a two-way speaker and music player designed to seamlessly integrate into the home environment. Launched amidst the COVID-19 pandemic, Cherish Health Serenity aims to deliver independence and peace of mind to the aging population, promising safety without sacrificing privacy or lifestyle. As we explore the world of innovative tech solutions, let's now turn our attention to a different aspect of the technological landscape and delve into the fascinating concept of gradient descent in machine learning. Today, let's discuss a fundamental yet intriguing concept in machine learning and deep learning, gradient descent. What exactly is gradient descent, and why is this technique so pivotal in the realm of artificial intelligence? 
But first, let's discuss the concept of the loss function. In any machine learning or deep learning project, after training your model, the big question is, how do you ensure it delivers optimal results? The loss function is your answer. It's a method to evaluate how well your algorithm models your dataset. Think of it as the yardstick for the effectiveness of your algorithm. For example, in a simple linear regression model where prediction is based on the slope and intercept, the loss function could be something like the squared difference between the predicted and actual values. This setup helps us measure the gap between our model's predictions and results. Now, the real challenge is to close this gap by adjusting the model's parameters. Most algorithms use gradient descent for this learning and updating process. But why gradient descent? Let's say we develop a unique theory for updating model parameters without prior knowledge of gradient descent. We'd start by using a loss function to measure discrepancies. Then, we'd face the challenge of determining how much to adjust each parameter. In a linear model, for example, where the prediction equation is weight times x plus b equals y, if the prediction for x equals 1 is off by a significant amount, we'd need to adjust the weight and b. But how? The complexity lies in the multitude of parameter combinations and the computational demand, especially in deep neural networks, DNNs, with millions of parameters. This is where gradient descent shines. Gradient descent isn't just about allocating loss across parameters. It's more like a strategy to traverse the loss surface, aiming to find the global minimum, the best possible approximation achievable by the model. Think of it as navigating through a foggy landscape in an RPG game, seeking the lowest point on a map. So, what is gradient descent, and why is it called that? Imagine a 3D loss surface plot with the loss function value on the vertical axis and model parameters on the other axis. At the global minimum, you find the parameter set with the lowest loss. Gradient descent guides us towards this point. It points us toward the steepest ascent, and we move in the opposite direction, towards the steepest descent, gradually reaching the global minimum on the loss surface. How does gradient descent decide the adjustments needed for each parameter? It uses the gradient, a vector of partial derivatives with respect to each parameter, showing how much and in which direction to move. It's not just a pointer, it's like a detailed guide, instructing us on specific steps to take. However, the gradient is not just a direction on the loss surface. It's a projection of that direction onto the parameter dimensions, guiding us in the minimal direction of the loss function. This distinction is vital. The gradient is a directional guide within the parameter space, not on the loss surface. Gradient descent efficiently solves the parameter tuning dilemma. It's particularly effective in locating global minima in convex problems and local minima in non-convex scenarios. With the advent of parallelization and acceleration technologies like GPUs or TPUs, modern implementations of gradient descent such as mini-batch gradient descent and ADAM have become even more efficient. Finally, why is the learning rate necessary in the gradient descent formula, and wouldn't adjusting the parameter directly with the gradient be faster? The learning rate, or step size, is essential because it controls the pace of our learning process. It's like deciding how far to move your character in a video game based on the steepness of a hill. 
A small learning rate means cautious, small steps towards the goal, ensuring we don't overshoot. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Innovation Pulse. If you enjoyed our insights and are eager to learn more, the Enlight Me app is just a tap away. Expand your knowledge with personalized content on over 20 diverse topics, from crypto to health and beyond, all curated to fit your interests. Download the Enlight Me app now at the Apple Store or Google Play, or visit the enlightme.ai website. Stay curious. Stay enlightened.